0: creatives are undervalued their ideas everyone's scared or it's left in the last minute it kills good marketing
1: i didn't have a passion for online learning i didn't give a fuck about e-learning essentially do whatever it takes to give you enough free time and money to do your passions and i think if you want to or you think you could have uh, run your own business and you think you are cut out this entrepreneur life go and work in a startup for two years and i guarantee that after the end of two years it would probably put a lot of people that thought they could have done it off but i don't think anyone can be an entrepreneur On this month's episode of the Views My Own podcast, we'll be looking at why most businesses fail, why creative work is so undervalued, and we'll be discussing old school sales versus the modern way of selling. If this is your first time on the Views My Own channel, don't forget to subscribe and join the thriving business community at viewsmyown.social. What is it about creative work that makes people undervalue it so much? As a creative agency owner, I get pushback on prices, people not wanting to pay invoices up front, and customers thinking they're experts and can do a better job. But you wouldn't see that kind of undervaluation in other professions. I see loads of dull content because creative is an afterthought or done on the cheap. So why is creative work like design, video, animation and copywriting undervalued so much?
0: I think creative work... Everyone thinks they can do it because because at any industry where there's a really low barrier to entry, right, and anyone because the, pr- the problem with the problem with creativity is everyone has ideas and thinks that their own ideas are good, right? We all naturally do as humans. You don't sit there thinking I have all my ideas and everything I think about in life is shit. I'm just a shit person. You think my ideas are good and I could probably do that, um, and it doesn't matter what it is. Even if the pe- that's what that's the reason people hire you in and then tell you what to do
2: because mm-hmm. they can't help
0: themselves. So it's such a lower low barrier to entry. Everyone thinks they have ideas, and and everyone thinks that their ideas are better than other people's ideas, and um and that, that's 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 the problem. You're always going to have that problem when it comes to creativity. Everyone's always going to try and stick their oar in and think 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 that they do it better. The only thing you can the only caveat to that well the only way you can ever you can ever address that or or, or, or fight that is is with results. That's yeah. what we found. If your numbers are better than someone else's, if they go, my ideas are better than yours, and you got you'll go, your goal, let's compare results, and your results are far, far higher. It's not. You've just won. Yeah. That's the only way you can truly. I, w-
1: I wonder if it's really. the
0: um, the relationship, though,
1: because I think a lot of people that are decision makers are usually older and they've been in business longer and they've had to get yeah. themselves into a position of making decisions, unless they've started their own business. And I think creatives, traditionally, you think of like young, fresh out of college, uni, it's not proper work, you just cock about on the internet for a bit or you just, yes. it's like colorful graphics. So I don't think decision makers or like, the older generation realized the skills and talent that's involved in it. And I don't think no. they like paying big money to young people. No, yeah, think, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. I'm gone
3: with that. I think yeah, i yeah, seen a tweet true. this week saying the um, the skills that were seen as fluffy or Mickey Mouse degrees like um design, dancing yeah now actually you've got youtubers making millions yeah. with video content oh, yeah. you've got etsy stores from people who've done their own artwork yeah. and you've got dancers on tiktok making money. all yeah. of those but I, I think you're absolutely right yeah i, I think, think they're valued. business owners
1: are thinking that's not a proper job you just you're taking the piss asking for proper money from that yeah, but yeah. the irony being um take for what i'm productions do for example so when they do an animated explainer video and then they see what price we quote they don't realize, A, how many people are involved in that process and how many different stages that an animated explainer video has to go through. So yeah, you've got yeah. someone that has to take everything you do as a business or a service or product, um, whittle that down into the punchy, it has got needs to have a hook, be engaging, it needs to succinctly say exactly what it is that you do or what problem you fix, and be interested enough to make people click and want to buy from you. Yeah. They want to place that on their website. So you've got you've got that, so you've got the script writing element, You've got a voiceover artist. You've got somebody that's going to hand-draw your assets. You've got an animator that's then going to draw them digitally. You've got to sync it all up. Yeah. There's like five or six people that are involved at different stages of that process. I don't think people realize that when they can go on five or people per hour and see somebody in the third world offering it for like £47. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then they want to go and take that product. Sorry, they want to go and take that animate explainer video, put it on their website and use it to sell their two million pounds yeah, product yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah why would you spend 40 quid yeah. and then expect something that's going to deliver two million pounds worth of business to your business yeah it's P- they don't make the same value because they yeah. see themselves as doing a proper job and what you do is just yeah. it's cartoons yeah
3: i think you bang on and i think i have that conversation at least less nowadays but at least once a month where they go i love the stuff that iron puts out and i love Mike winnett stuff uh, can you do that for me? Yeah. You say, "Yeah, sure." These are our prices. Mm. Oh well, I could go to Fiverr and get it for forty quid, though. <laughs> yeah, go yeah. then. But you well, haven't ever off seen then. anything <laughs> on <of> Fiverr. You've <laughs> seen yeah. Mike
0: stuff because it's good and it gets shared. Yeah, yeah. and it takes it's time and money. Fuck off. See how well it does. Yeah. But, 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 I don't but honestly, if it does well, if it does well off someone on of Fiverr, and the chances of it doing well—I mean, I mean—that that—that's like a one in a thousand, one in a million chance of it doing well. Yeah. Trust me. Yeah. we've used plenty of stuff off Fiverr when, back in the early days. We had normally it, it was fucking shite. But the other other thing that people. Um, Forget about it is, the, is conceptual time. People really don't understand that piece because they go, "Oh well, you know, I, I when I've written blogs in the past, it only took me an hour or two hours." Well, yeah, of course it did. And how shit was it? Well, yeah, the fact you're you doing <laughs> I liked your post on,
3: link, was it on LinkedIn this week. Yeah, that was good. Huh?
0: Well, my stripper post? Yeah, modeled on the uh, very delicious Mister Winnet. Yeah, cut the pictures, abs, then, please. Abs, abs added at request. Yeah, I guess the
3: idea was that you were saying exactly that, that yeah, content yeah. and ads I mean, are shit because they don't put enough time into it.
0: That's screen. exactly what it is. And what, what, what we get a lot of the time is um <clears throat> is people people think that the 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 problems come with people who don't have uh, great marketing strategies or you know they don't have um um the, the the right processes in place or it's not executed and delivered in the right areas and the right channels, right? All that stuff's important. I'm not saying it's not, I think people got the the, the, the underwear and a twist a little bit underneath the post saying, um, you know, that I was I was basically saying that all that shit didn't matter. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that a lot of the time, the reason that there are so many adverts out there and so many, much shit we go through every day and you look at it and you think, who the fuck's written that? All mm-hmm. always oh, just came up with that advert, it's fucking rubbish. And the reason being is because... They, they go through this whole process of, of, of developing this strategy and that, that's six months and then and, uh, everything's kind of... They come up with some top-level le- ideas and then they go through a sign-off process and, and it's got to go through all the different departments to make, make sure this is right and it fits in with their process. And eventually, then they come to it and they go, right, we've got to come up with some creative and they spend two hours coming up with some creative and it's absolutely fucking pants. Or they... Uh, let some creatives in a room come up with something that's, that, that might actually do well and then it goes right down through that sign-off process again that just dilutes it into a pile of shit and, and, and that's the problem. The creatives are, are undervalued. Their ideas, everyone's scared of them um, and 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 or it's left to the last minute and it just, it, it, it kills good marketing. It kills it because everything should be led by the creative. Everything should be led by the thing that you are saying to your target audience that is going to cause them to act. Yeah, that's, If it's not led by that, you're doing it wrong. We get the same thing when
1: we're doing um, scripts for people's animated explainer videos. It's like they then, you, we basically write scripts for a living. We know what how it needs to be structured to deliver the results that you're paying us money to do, yeah. yet you want to add another three, four, five lines and you don't realize that then kills kills yeah. the whole thing. And yeah. then when it doesn't, when slash if it doesn't work you'll go, well, that didn't work as well as, as uh, we wanted it to. Well, of course it didn't because you didn't let us do what we wanted to do, which yeah. we actually are experienced in yeah. doing for multiple different businesses. Yeah. You know massive. what I've
0: started saying when that, when that happens as well? So I've, I've actually started pushing back and pu- pushing back pretty brutally and saying, listen, right, that, I'm, this is what I'm saying will work because I know what works. That's why you hired us in. If you choose to change it, that's, that, that's fine. But I am petty enough to say I told you so if it goes sits up mm. and I will do it. Mm. And I, do, I do it to clients quite regularly and I do go – I told you not to do that. It didn't fucking work. Are you going to try what I said in the first place now? The thing with the conceptual
1: time as well, I think when people, uh, especially when it comes to video or um, animations, they look at it and go, that's a 60 second animation. I think some dumb fucks think that it takes 60 seconds to make. Like you make it in real time. This this is the point
4: I wanted to make. Like a lot of time you'll turn up on a video shoot like me personally, because I do them here. I am. And um, they'll go, oh, it's just, just pointing the camera though isn't it and there's like obviously so much more that goes into it and whether it's you know scripting or the conceptual time or the actual production time people kind of look at certain aspects of production just go is that it I put a post out on LinkedIn not too long ago I was doing a photo shoot uh, a video shoot sorry music video and just rocked up with my camera one of the ones we film on Vamo here and um they were like oh is that it I was like it's two grand camera mate like the lens is probably the same like it's yeah, it's a yeah. decent bit of kit. Like, I know what I'm doing. So I was like, right, okay. So I just put a flash on top of it. You'd yeah. never use a flash for video because, you know, what's the point in just having a flash uh, and then yeah. just leave it? And you're like, oh, yeah, that's better. I was like, oh, uh, just don't have a fucking clue what you're on about. Yeah, but it yeah, happens yeah. all the time. And I think, think that mad, is just an it? undervaluation of the profession.
3: I don't think you yeah. do that with a, a plumber when he turns up at your house. And well, you, you don't yeah. say, that's, bad. that's know, too I, small. I, re- I really want a, a Worcester boiler, but I'd like to pay half for it. And yeah. I'm not going to pay you today. I'll wait to see if it warms the house up before we pay you. It's like, come on. Yeah yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When I used to get that pushback, oh, how much? Like, I can get it cheaper. I always used to say, what car do you drive? And if it was a decision-maker, business owner, nine cents out of ten, they'd say, like, a sort of high-end-ish car. So they'd say, you know, like, BMW, Audi, Mercedes, whatever. It's like, but there's cheaper cars. but. You, but you don't buy those cheaper cars because you know you want that gravitas that comes with that like you're coming to us because like you said you've seen our work you've seen the quality but now you're then saying that well i can get price from these people it's like a a third of the price well yeah but you've had to go and find those people you didn't even know they existed before you started looking around so that you're paying for that i think as well yeah you know so they definitely are undervalued uh and i I think that's the reason why it's we'll, an age we'll thing. We'll probably get
3: accused of being salty creatives again, like Thursday with the copyright and stuff. But I do think there's something
0: in it. Well, you know what? Well, those creatives are emotional people and it fucking hurts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but, but I do think, I do think as well, but going, going on to the age thing, and we've mentioned uh. on previous
1: episodes, I also think that creatives are traditionally bad at displaying their worth and asking for their worth as well. Mm. Like, so I think they need a bit of belief in their own um, well, naturally, cost, the price structure. Yeah, it's naturally great you
0: don't. Yeah, yeah. you you don't it's like, that's, why, that's why artists chop their ears off and stuff. Yeah. You hate your own stuff. So when you go, give me some money for that pile of shit that I hate. Yeah. You know, I ate everything I've ever, ever created, written. The minute I read it a week later, I think, oh, fucking rubbish. Yeah. Rubbish.
1: Mm. It'd be interesting if, if creatives started saying, so what is it you want this ad or this animation or this video to achieve? And they say, oh, sell more of our stuff. How many of those things would you like it to sell? How much would that generate your business? Well, the cost of me to do this piece of work is 30% of what you want it to achieve. I wonder what the results would be there. Because in theory, like, you should think of it like that. Do you think split payments on invoices are fair?
3: within creative. You do that, right? You we do 50-50. Yeah, ideally up front, but yeah. sometimes mm-hmm. we'll get, oh, we're a bit nervous yeah. and, we'll, and we'll go 50-50, but really.
0: We do we do 100% up front and, and, and kind of refuse. We we, we, we we don't budge on that, What we do budge because we do a six-month minimum contract. We do budge on the contract length. So we will say, you can trial us for two months to three, million, something like that. We'll cut that down. But we just, I just think, I, I, I've known, I know people who have, who have had digital agencies or similar businesses in the past very, very smart people, but they've collapsed either because they've relied too much on project work and no regular income. Yeah. Or they uh, have relied on on shitty payment terms from huge corporates which just fucking kill small businesses which, you know, I, I think you, you have to do everything you can to try and get as much money up front as possible for yeah. cash flow purposes or you just die. You're a service-based business. It's more, your, your time is money and you need, you, you need that cash flow to be able to pay your staff.
1: And from a buyer's point of view as well, do you <clears> think they're going to be uh, happier working on your work and come up with a better idea if they've already had their money up front which they're going to try harder with but like, yeah, it's going to exactly. be the guy that's paying them the money up front and trust yeah, exactly. them i think it's just a get out for some people what they mean is if we don't like it we're not going to pay it mm. When you look online, it can feel like everyone is smashing it. posts about monthly revenue, new followers, but starting a business is stressful and risky. More fail than succeed, and in my opinion, not everybody is cut out to be an entrepreneur or business owner. Approximately 20% of small businesses fail within the first year, and 50% fail to make it to five years. If you want your business to succeed, it's important to understand these risks so you can try and avoid them yourself.
0: Here's our views on why most businesses fail. I mean, there have been many failed because they had me in them. That was one of the reasons. You had some um, failures, Dan. But mine was, yeah, I've had, yeah. I mean, I mean, what was it? Six before before offended. Um, Can you remember you it? You know, yeah, yeah. I've got. Um, we had Bob and Weave. Uh, that was a clothing business. That we're trying to sell mm. clothes. Good name. Fashionable clothing into MMA and boxing. But MMA and boxing people don't give a fuck about fashion. Mm. So it's pointless. They're all in my dad's loft store, I think in boxes. Uh, second one was. Um, was uh i believe that was war bam that was where i made vaseline in my kitchen for fighters with sensitive skin again fighters don't give a fuck about sensitive skin pointless um then i did the new u card discount card but just there was no real unique selling points to it um what else did i do then Vonkel, which is a, an app where you could a video app for young people applying for jobs uh i did the fucking. what was the next one oh um then i started making random maps so i did uh, i did the rail which was like a a, a tk max Online, only it was just shit. It was basically it was basically all the old Bob and Weave stuff. Anything else I could get my hands on. Uh, I had uh, then I, I then I um, I did um, what was the next one? one? Oh, random pet. So I, I, my my idea was to do an app where you can um, if you go on it you, you can get discounted pet products for your pet. But because I wasn't good enough at coding, I didn't figure it out. Uh, you could just it was just like a random. You you pressed it and it give you a random pet item. Well, and I thought, I just can't get past this. I'm not, I'm not smart enough, and I can't pay anyone to do it. So uh, I'll just call it random pet. So if you, you might have a dog, but you'd be like pressing it, and it, it uh, like hamster fucking underpants would come up, you know, 10% <laughs> off. Um, pointless again. Um, and then the last one was where I really lost the plot, and that was where I managed to code this little, like, little character that was a little, little chicken, and you could just kind of tap it. But it, it was a random thing again. And if, Depending on how many times you've petted this chicken, uh, eventually it'd lay an egg and inside the egg would be uh, some sort of prize like a sports direct voucher or something like that. Um, but again, what I'd <laughs> So would
1: people pay for that app? So people would pay for that No, free,
0: it was completely free. I didn't I, I so didn't Where really, did you make your money from? I didn't, that's the point. <laughs> 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 which, which is why it's I because it's fail, by the way, because you don't make any money or cash flow is fucking shit, which is <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, and then luckily I you know I came up with, with offended and, and met, met Dean, who, who is an actual real business person. And we started making money. I've seen seen people say that
1: the reason why they die is the passion goes in the founders or the money runs out. And I think that's probably like the top of the funnel answer is that, isn't it? It's like, have you run out of money or you're right, you know, your passion for that idea runs out. I just think there's a lot of shit ideas. And I think a lot of people have been told or solved the dream that they need to escape the nine to five and set up their own business. Like yeah a lot of people aren't cut out for running own no, business
0: it's not it's not i mean we we had a we had a you know a chat uh, recently where, where, we, where we did kind of one to ones and and one of our uh, one of our members of staff we're, were moving towards being a director of the business but we explained the differences between being a uh, head of in a business and being an actual shareholder director of a business and what that actually entails in terms of pay in terms of you know if the business doesn't perform well and all the rest of it and and to be fair to her, her face was like as you couldn't believe like the ups and downs and struggles of it and it's not just a constant steady income and you just because you're a shareholder you don't see earn on loads of money and yeah. you might be a shareholder but you, you there's a good chance that the, 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 any liabilities are, are on your head as well if it fucks up and then at the same time mm. it, it might never sell so you're never going to make that those millions that you thought you're going to make you've got shares in, a, in something that might just collapse one day oh, yeah. Um, and, uh, and kind of the realities of it were, were kind of lost on her and, and it's only natural because she's never done it before she's never been there she's never been in the business she's never, never tried to start a business she had no clue what any of that entailed but it was a, it was a huge shock to her yes
3: Mike got into a bit of a disagreement with someone on Twitter talking about something similar where this guy's saying anybody can be it was, if they have the right support and time anybody can become an entrepreneur and you kind of took bollocks
1: yeah thought, I, I, and it's is this it's You've got to define what entrepreneur is. Now, if an entrepreneur, if entrepreneur is just can set up a business, yeah, well, any idiot can jump on company's house and set up a business, right, for a few quid. But actually being a successful entrepreneur, I think not everybody can do this. I don't think it's something that everybody can do. No. There are some people that can't ask for money. Processes aren't very good at. the Admin, they're terrible at. But then also there's the other stuff where it's like, Other people are relying on you to know all the answers to stuff. Like you might have, if you've got five members of staff, you've got five mortgages to pay before you can pay yourself, or you kind of take on everybody else's problems as well. I think there's a lot more to it than just anybody can be an entrepreneur. And I think anybody that's pushing that narrative, they're probably selling something which is join my group and you can be an entrepreneur.
0: Like I think that's what that's the only reason they're saying it because. Well, anyone you know, who's really done it is never going to tell you that because it's fucking nonsense. It's probably, ah, this fucking journey, it's a ball ache. Like, it's stressful. You know, there are many ups and downs and breakdowns and all sorts of fucking shit. That For know, a lot of people, being a well-paid
1: employee is probably less stress and a happier yeah. life and easier life than running a, a business, doing the same thing even.
3: Yeah, I think it's quite a dangerous message to say anybody can be. It's it, definitely yeah, 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 I
1: yeah, think yeah, so. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. When, when people say, oh, with the right support, yeah. it's like, so – how much support can you give one person to achieve that goal yeah. um you know i think it's a, it's an awful lot so i don't think you can do that at scale either um i think if you want to or you think you could have uh, run your own business and you think you're cut out for this entrepreneurial life just go and work in a very early stage startup, and I would say go and yeah. work there for maybe two years. A bit like national service in the old days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go and work in a startup for two years, ideally in the industry that you want to set up a business in. Yeah, definitely. So you're at least you're, and then you're getting paid to learn. And I guarantee that after the end of two years, it would probably have put a lot of people that thought they could have done it off than than would 100%. do it. So that's my advice for anyone 100%. that wants to be an entrepreneur. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I don't think anyone can be an entrepreneur.
3: Have you had any failures, Mike?
1: In business, uh, well, I'll take Learning Heroes as an example. So Learning Heroes was uh, the business that me and myself and Ian had and it did quite well. Originally, we were going to try and sell, so it was online training courses, and originally we tried to partner with like websites like Monster and recruitment companies, and it was for anybody that was going to a job interview that might have failed. Mm. We wanted the recruiters to sell them access to these courses to help improve the candidate, so they'd have a better chance of success at the next interview. That yeah, was the yeah, p- yeah. thought process, right? And we were going to charge these candidates 40 pounds. We got a partnership with Monster and they sent out an email shot to 1.1 million candidates. We only had something like 11 inquiries off that. And I think we might have closed like four or five sales. It was terrible. That would have been a failure. But what we realized is we were targeting the wrong person with the wrong uh, proposition. We couldn't, we could only sell four or five of that product at 40 quid none of us would have made a successful business doing that so we were targeting the wrong person with the wrong thing as soon as we then started to target somebody else and put a five grand ten grand price tag on that product we sold 340 of them which is mad isn't it Mm. so that this same business idea we couldn't sell for 40 quid yeah but we could then take it and just Slightly change yeah. it and then target yeah. somebody else, and we could sell it for between yeah. five and ten grand a different,
0: year. The, well, it's, uh, different businesses have the, It's the same with us. Like we, a lot of what we do is just the creative element. So we we we, we don't muck about with paid campaigns. Not do any of that shit. But if you if you when we were going to re, to small businesses and startups and things like that that are expecting big returns, just doing some creative and giving them a creative campaign isn't enough. If it's not being put down the right channels, if it's not got the right strategy behind it, if it's not got the right paid specialist behind it it's probably going to fall on its ass, right? Yeah. So what we found that, that actually going to um, you know medium-sized to, to enterprise businesses, we're a lot more successful with that because they already have those elements in-house. What they don't have in-house a lot of the time, very, or, or very good ones in-house, is the creatives. The good ideas, the things that are actually going to make that budget go further. Yeah. And that's where I, our ideal. So when we were going in trying to sell it, it was either not going well or it was fucking falling on its ass. People were getting pissed off, expecting us to be their entire marketing team for fucking two grand a month. Nonsense. Um, the, the the big boys, it, it's more suited. It, it suits their processes. It suits suits the structure they've already got in place. Um, and 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 I suppose it, it, that that's it's the same with any business, isn't it? You've got you've got a, what is it, it pivoting? That's, yeah, that's a fashionable word, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's, it's recona- pipi- I, think I recognize to, when to quit. Yeah, when to, yeah, when to quit. Almost yeah. oh, a, le- t- oh, yeah. a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. Learning
1: heroes would have failed if we would carried on down that route. I feel, but equally we pivoted and then it was like target the affluent. <laughs> and as soon as you start targeting, so that could have been a failure. But there's been, you know, we nearly failed. During lockdown, when we were doing, um, we were making videos for people. Mm-hmm. We weren't
3: yeah, habits. even. Habits as well. Habits. Yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah, was like. The... We weren't yeah.
1: making We weren't making much money on. Well, we weren't making any money. We were actually losing money when you actually worked out how long it was taking to do stuff for yeah. people, um, which is a shit business model. If you, Oh, we're not making any money. Oh, well, let's carry on doing it for another month. Yeah. Maybe it changes. I did that
0: six times, right? yeah. 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 yeah.
1: But well, you missed out your uh, homemade uh, no, warm whey warm. protein.
0: Oh, I did. Fucking hell, yeah. Yeah, uh, gimme protein. Uh, I still think there's something in that. Protein subscription, subscription service. Subscription-based protein service. I remember this. I thought, yeah. I thought it'd be fucking... But uh, the mistake there was getting way liquid off a farmer. I do don't think, think that many people will fail businesses because of That's just me. Do you think it's because you didn't do enough market research jumped
3: in too quick? Yeah, like, never... I've got a business idea. I think it's going to work. You yeah. jump in, you throw some money at it. 100%, 100%.
0: mate. I don't think I researched any of those, yeah. <laughs> those businesses. I just you know, thought we like, had I a great idea. But what you've done there, Dan, I
1: think you might... From an outside looking in like, is <laughs> right is you've gone, I like going to the gym, I yeah. like doing m m a this is the environment I'm surrounded by, so it's almost like, what can I shoehorn into my passion, yeah, and I think yeah. that's one of the biggest mistakes people make with businesses yeah. follow your passion is like stupid, it's nice yeah. if you can get paid and monetize and make a career business out of your passion, but I've always <laughs> looked at it a different way, which is do whatever it takes to give you enough free time and money to do your passions and the stuff that you enjoy like i didn't enjoy i didn't have a passion for online learning i didn't give a fuck about e-learning essentially but the model was right the sector was ripe to be disrupted and i knew that we had a sort of three sort of three four year plan where we could build that business to a plan was 10 million and sell it and then I'd have enough money in my pocket to actually do the things that I was passionate I about yeah, which yeah. was investing property yeah. that was literally it was just my vehicle to yeah. supply me enough money to do the things I was interested in who was it
0: who said who was it who said that if you want to you want to build a successful business don't do the thing you're passionate about find find something that other people can't stand doing mm. and yeah. do that for them yeah, you know like I don't know we yeah. cleaning and all, there's, there's huge cleaning businesses out there what is it what, so there's, there's gold and shit Is yeah. another thing yeah yeah, yeah 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 Confucius
1: said that I think another thing I think people have kind of got obsessed with is funding and seed funding and that mm. their goal is to just get investment into their business not realising that that's day one of your business now if you get all that funding in you've now got to do the business most people yeah. dine out on we just raised 2 billion yeah, 200 million 20 million 2 million in funding great that funding's meant to be so you can now build the business and grow. I would put money on it that if you're spending your own money and it's a bootstrap startup, you will try harder. You'll make better decisions. Yeah.
0: You'll be less wasteful. If you're like me indeed and no loan provider or investor in, in, in the fucking world will touch you. <laughs> You have no option yeah. but to do it with your own money. But you, you, you're a lot more careful with it. We won't just take money out if it's not there. Believe it or not,
1: and <coughs> this might, might come as a surprise to you, I actually invested in a female fashion brand many years ago. Right. And I invested £30,000 into this business. Yeah. And I've not seen a penny or heard from them since, pretty much. Right. Brilliant. And But they all took a salary. Yeah,
0: I bet. They
1: all took a salary. I bet
0: it was a decent one as well.
1: Yeah. yeah they and, and it was, but then they'd always say to me, I, I, I don't understand how your business did so well. And I was like, because I wasn't paying myself yeah, crazy 30 months. grand a year yeah. salary, like I would pay myself what was in the bank account at the end of the month. Base, s- yeah, base, yeah. After all the costs have been stripped out. Yeah. So I pay myself 350 pound a month for a yeah. few months. Yeah. You've all gone, oh, there's three grand. No, it doesn't matter if we sell anything or we get this to, you know, we get this into big retail uh, shops yeah, because they're taking the salary. So there's no urgency. Yeah. And I believe... That was one of the reasons why it failed. And it was pretty cool as well. It was like if you were pregnant and you had a C-section I'm trying to sell it for him and help oh, right, him out. Right. Um, there was like aloe vera in the fabric and it would help with the healing process and stuff like that. I thought it was quite cool. What
0: happens when you wash the clothes? The aloe vera oh, That's why it failed.
1: That's why it failed. <laughs> right, exactly. right. one,
0: one, one wash and it's, it's just a normal t shirt One wash. But yeah, no. So it was
1: to, it was to compete with like Sweaty Betty. It was for like affluent right. sort of business type okay. women. It was quite interesting. Sure I won't one. say the name. Um, you know, insider trading buy the shares please so I can get my money back <laughs> but yeah no so that was but I always think like I think if they didn't have investors that would have been more likely to succeed than you know mm. living a year 100%, off my money 100 do you yeah. think offended's been the most successful out of all your startup ideas you would say it 100% is right so yeah, do you think yeah, that's yeah, down far, to yeah. Dean or do you think um, that's it was a better idea as well so it was a no, good no, idea and you've yeah, got a better it, was a better, it was a better
0: idea and it was something that was it was it was something that was developed all, all throughout all the other failures as well so it was something that, that that I developed and became good at, and the brand, be- and I realised there was a there was a space for it. But in terms of the commercial element of it, that's one hundred percent Dean. Yeah, his 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 mind is a lot more suited to that. And and what I realised could because I've, I've done six startups pretty much on my own, by the one I did with my brother, Bob and Which, um, to be fair to him, I, the, the guy sold it in, into all sorts of stores and all, all, all sorts of places. But um, uh, the el- the element that is different there is, is is Dean. So yeah, I might be the ideas guy. Without Dean's commercial business brain, the ideas mean nothing. Yeah,
1: I think that's why uh, why we work. I think our skill sets dovetail each other. Is that right? Our skill sets dovetail each other.
3: I think the models, if I was to start a business now, I wouldn't start a nice-to-have business. I'd Mm -hmm. be selling something that is a must-have and using our marketing and sales techniques now Mm -hmm. to just own that space. So would you
1: say model first is more important than follow your passion? Yeah,
3: model and product first rather than follow your passion. It's interesting because that's the
1: counter-advice to what a lot of these people would say. Yeah, I think
3: yeah. people tend to do what they like. Like, I used to sit after work and try and list out all these business ideas that you'd want to do. Like, One of them was like, shit hot curry was one. and drawn it all out on the livery <laughs> of the van and everything. And he was going to yeah. drive around delivering curry. And he's like, yeah. it's a terrible idea. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think mean, that's <laughs> all right. One of my shit curry? ideas. Yeah, is shit hot curry. curry. Yeah. Yeah. I had, had this like idea. a pun on diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. <laughs>
1: <Right. No laughs> I had this business idea, which was going to be, uh, you know, like white van man, yeah. like a white van man, but it was going to be the white tan man. Or the white tan van. And it was going to be basically... (laughs) It was going to be like mobile, uh, like beauty spa. So you'd go in and you could do your nails in there. You could have all your tan done. It would like pull up on your drive. You'd get in and... it was going to be this idea. Anyway, I researched it and there was somebody that was converting vans to do this. And I was thinking franchise it all over the country. Is cold calling dead? If you've seen the headlines, it would sound like there's no place in business for dinosaurs like me anymore. When I came up, I was on a dialer. It was outbound calls and dealing with constant rejection. Getting past the gatekeeper was a skill. Now it seems there's ways to bypass the gatekeeper and use social selling and modern techniques to get that sale. Joining us in the Vamo studio, we've got Holly Allen who coaches SDRs and Fred Copestake, the author of hybrid selling to share some of their views on the modern way of selling
3: i think my experience of working with mike certainly in our last startup (laughs) was there was there was lots of activity that would get leads into the pipeline right so uh, free pdfs you could download loads of social posting all of that but then where we actually got our sales and where we got our money was mike getting on the phone speaking to people booking meetings doing demos it was the hard graph that nobody wants. And Mike's like kind of odd. He, he's, he's fine with rejection. So he'll do 40, 50 calls within a, with a day. face like
1: mine on a nightclub. <laughs> and
3: you'd get used to it as well, mate. But you are used to rejection. And I think you touched on it earlier. You have to kind of be a bit odd to be able to live with that daily. No yeah. wonder none of, none of us want to do that. Who wants to get told no 50 times a day? Uh, but that was sales. Is it completely? Are we just avoiding it or is it totally dead?
1: I think a lot of startups die because most people don't want to do that bit. It's easy to hide behind email sequences and say nurture campaigns and all that stuff. I think a lot of startups, owners, founders, whatever, prefer to do that stuff. Mm. I'm guessing, because I've not worked in that environment for a long time, because we've worked for myself for so long, I'm guessing there's a lot of people sat in call centers or do it, that are supposed to do outbound sales, that if you said to them, do you want to phone these 100 leads, whether they're cold or warm, it could be a cold list or a warm list, or do you want to write three posts, share a time that you've, uh, you know, a vulnerable post on Thursday, you know, share something in your personal life on Tuesday, I guarantee... Maybe not guarantee. (laughs) I reckon (laughs) that most people would rather do three posts on LinkedIn and their pipeline or their activity would be, well, that got 17 likes, that got 23 likes, Mm. because that's easier to do than actually phone those 100 people that have actually put their hand up and said, I've got a problem or I'm interested in your product. Mm. What do you think? Would you say people prefer to do that now because it's easier? Or do you just think, I'm wrong. That is how you sell nowadays. Unfortunately, Mike, the way you sell is dead that's the way you sell now
2: so I would say if you're not posting on LinkedIn building your brand like you are missing out on a potential selling avenue and like a lot of opportunities I don't think there's like a you have to just social sell and that's it like if you're sick at cold calling and you can book five meetings a day through the phone like absolutely cold call if you are really good at creating emails that get a super high open rate like do that and I think that in my opinion, I think salespeople should like spread themselves across all of those different avenues. Like we're so lucky nowadays in that it's not just relying on door to door selling. We've got LinkedIn, we've got the phone, we've got videos, we've got loads of cool like video platforms like Vidyard, for example. Like use them all because like some people like you. You said that you're not you're not a fan of voice notes, but like yeah. some people that I've prospe- prospected into, they've been like, oh my god, I've had. Three hundred emails from SDRs today. You've sent me a voice note, like yes, let's book this meeting in now, just because I admire really? your skill for doing that.
0: I don't listen to them, even when my mates send me them. I just think fuck off, text like a normal person. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly
2: how I feel. Do.
1: do you know what? Like, even if it's in a WhatsApp group, if you've sent me a voice note, I just think like I don't want to listen to that. It's intrusive. Oh. I think. So you
0: send them. I tell you who sends them. It's always you know that you know that dead extroverted mate who's fucking well annoyed. You could put up with him for five minutes on a night out, but you don't want to get cornered for three hours. <laughs> yeah. Then yeah, yeah. hey Dan, what do you then fuck off? <laughs> <laughs> Send a text. So
1: <laughs> I read it in my own time. Well, well <laughs> you sent me a voice note and I don't but you told me you book a lot of um, business or you get a lot of business through voice notes. So say if I'm a business owner now and I wanted something tangible to take away from listening to this podcast. So, how do voice notes work? How would I structure a voice note? When should I use it? What's it good for? So, just take me through that process now. So, imagine I'm a, a newbie, and now I'm going to follow your process to send a voice note Is to a, an ideal client. Yeah, yeah. The Let's see how it cell. works, yeah. and we'll give it our we'll give it our feedback.
2: Okay, so. If I was going to send a voice note to a prospect for the first time, I would be connecting with them on LinkedIn. As soon as they've accepted my connection request, I'm going to be straight in there with a voice note. So no kind of message beforehand, no message after. I'm going straight in with that voice note. The reason why you want to be like quite quick with it is to create like that sense of urgency. They've just accepted your connection request. So your name is like fresh in their mind. They might have gone onto your profile. Hopefully you've got a strong personal brand. So you've left an impression and they've kind of looked at your company company or senior company name so they know who you work for so of course like when you're calling like you want to be upbeat like tone of voice is super important a voice note on LinkedIn can only last a minute long so you can't kind of trail off which is definitely a good thing so you want to be keeping it between kind of 40 to 50 seconds max so that it's not like overwhelming for that person And you just want to go in and it's not, you're not pitching your product at all. You're essentially going on their profile, finding something exciting and relevant that you can reach out about, you know, make them feel good. Hey, Mike, saw your video on toxic toxic positivity yesterday, thought it was amazing, especially love this bit. Thanks for sharing that, like making you feel good, giving you a bit of an ego boost and then kind of subtly saying something like, um, just on that note, wanted to make you aware of this, you know, without kind of giving the whole sales pitch, like, at all, but just subtly dropping something in there. And then a very kind of gentle call to action, like, not sure if this is relevant at all to you, Mike. Appreciate you're probably super busy, but look, if you do want to chat, let me know.
1: And how successful would you say that is for, for yourself personally doing that?
2: So for me personally, it was my most successful channel um, of booking meetings. So 90% of my meetings as an SDR all started from sending a voice note. See what
1: I find interesting about that is, Take the voice note out now and say that was your. You were going to type that message out. You would get hammered on LinkedIn for saying like, oh, straight away you're already suggesting what you do as a business. Yeah, like people yeah, say, like yeah, yeah. people say, yeah.
0: connect and don't send a message, even yeah, a DM. They, 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 I mean, and does it? Does it? You know, does it matter what, what sort of voice you got? You, you got quite Oh, that's not offensive, but you do pretty prim- if, if I leave a voice, well, I, Dan Kelsall? If I'm offended. You, I mean, they're going to go, absolutely yeah. no. I, not. I, Holly didn't say that though. I don't Her think structure got, was very clever. No, I, I, I've got to work on the delivery, I know. It suppose. was personalized, <laughs> it was relevant. So you're saying that's important. Say that. well, I, mean, I mean, voice-wise, is that going to affect you, it? She yeah. said,
5: I'd heard your stuff, seen it, and then this is what we do, but it was relevant to you, not just this is what we do. you got to
0: buy some. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, very yeah, yeah, carefully yeah. thought. So was it my message that was wrong?
2: I mean, I think I wouldn't (laughs) call someone a prick in a voice note. That probably wouldn't be a a good starting point. But I also think, like, you just have to be quite clever with your tone of voice and almost play a little bit dumb. So, like, look, Mike, really not sure if this is relevant at all. Could be completely off here. But just so you know, that kind of, like, very gentle, soft, like, I know what I'm doing. I know that this is going to work. I know that this is relevant. I've done my research. I've done my homework. But I'm not going in with this. At G2, we are the TripAdvisor, but for software, where you sound like an automated call voice, right?
1: So I'm going to play devil's advocate now. I'm a sales team leader. Mm -hmm. Are my members of staff or my team doing this with their mobiles? Are they, you know, how are they doing this? So they on LinkedIn on their mobile? I don't kind of get how it works. How are you leaving voice notes?
2: So you can only leave a voice note on LinkedIn via the mobile app. All right, okay. So you can't do it. You can listen to it on like a laptop, but you can't leave it on a laptop.
1: And then another complaint I'd have or issue I'd bring up is I know there are lots of people that would do anything but having to phone someone. So they would do 10 minutes research, then dial a number, weren't in or whatever. So how much research would you be doing before you left the voice note? Do you see what I mean? Is it like, are you doing one minute research? Are you not really doing much research? Or are you going, this group of people have got similar, similar characteristics. So I can use the same kind of intro for each one. Were you sort of chunk your data like that? How would it work?
2: So I'm probably spending a minute, maybe less doing my research before a voice note. All I need to do is go on LinkedIn, look at their most recent post and make them feel good about it. That's literally it. And, and it feels hyper-personalized for that prospect, but really it's very, very easy. Does that she lose? didn't
5: really watch your episode. Yeah, I know, I
2: know she didn't. <laughs> uh, does,
0: I know she didn't. Does that... Uh, not many people do. i tell you who does. George. Yeah. Fucking man, I'm watching you, George. Um, the, uh, does that then remove the, the, this element of... Because, I mean, just, all, all we see plastered across LinkedIn nowadays is be authentic, right? Where it's fucking marketing, sales, not Be authentic. There's nothing be authentic, more be inauthentic be than that message, yeah. I think. <laughs> but that's the thing, right? How, how is... If <laughs> me just going on someone's uh, profile that I don't know, looking at their latest post, even if I think it's shit going... I had day that was an absolutely great post with like your five. No, I think you should be honest a, because if you uh, want to sell content pop, for people,
1: you almost go, really, listen, Dave, I've seen your last post. It was <laughs> shit, mate. I can help you there. <laughs> yeah, not for me. I think for me, you would. would do well for, with for voice me, notes yeah, by the way. For me, it
0: would, but I mean, just in general for a product, if that's all you're doing, you lose that authentic element, don't you? That's not authentic.
1: I so. think if I'm like Joe Public and I got a, a voice note off the Dan Kelso, yeah, yeah. Uh, the real Dan Kelso, Blue Tick, I think they. They, it blow their mind. I think they wouldn't believe it. So I'll just start doing it. I might just start doing something
0: a bit, well, I think a bit off the wall, like I, just farting down a... <laughs> <laughs> sorry, what was that? Uh, oh, sorry. It was no. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> <think, laughs> I was doing some business. It's a nice little
1: test. I reckon if you did if you did a couple of voice notes, I reckon you'd get more leads in, like cold voice notes as well. Anybody that liked your... I was going to say anybody that liked your posts, but it'd be too many, but if you just picked sort of 10 people that liked your posts... <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I reckon you would probably get a... A high win rate or yeah. high, yeah. Well, I'll try.
0: I'll, I'll try it. I'm, I'll, I'm going to take your 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 method. However, that's because
1: um, you're selling marketing. I think if I did it for animated explainer videos for Iron Productions, I think that wouldn't be anywhere near as successful. Right.
2: Yeah, I think a point to add there, it definitely works better in like certain industries and for certain ICPs than others. So like for me at G2, prospecting into like sales leaders, marketers, perfect. Like the majority of them love a voice note. Not everyone, don't get me wrong, but like the majority do. However, like a head of finance who maybe doesn't really use LinkedIn and you're popping up with a voice note might not work as well. It might, they might be like, whoa, this is the coolest thing ever, but It doesn't always work. So
1: you would be actively doing it for active people on LinkedIn. So it's like, oh, they use LinkedIn quite a lot. I know they'll probably respond better to this way of um, sales.
2: So not necessarily just people that are active on LinkedIn, because I do think some people will surprise you in that maybe they haven't posted in like two years. But like I say, when they do get that play button pop up on their phone, they're like, whoa, like this is a bit different. haven't had this before. And it does excite them. And a lot of feedback I used to get from the voice notes I would send was people come in being like, oh my God, I had no idea that you could send a voice note. Like this is so cool. Like prospects voice noting me back being like, is this how you do it? Like this is fun. Um, so I think sometimes the people that you wouldn't necessarily think would respond well to a voice note actually do.
1: Uh, would you use voice notes? No. Yeah. that? That because I prefer video. Oh wow.
0: How do you send? Do you send
5: videos? You can send, video. initial... send, <laughs> can send video in LinkedIn. Can send video in um, email as well. So it's get same same psychology that people are starting to hear you, but they're yeah. starting to see you as well. Yeah. So I, I know that would probably put most people off, work? but when you've got that little thumbnail with somebody popping up in your inbox, because people aren't doing enough of this, I've got to press play. Yeah, I find and, that as well. And interesting. then it's, it's personalized, well, which can either be, hey, Dan, I saw that you had said this, yeah, yeah. or it can be reasonably generic. You could sort of say that ICP, that, that kind of customer, I could record one that would be valid for sort of 10, 12 people. Yeah. Same video, send it out to all of them. There you go, i am adding 10 outreach, 12 outreach in 60 seconds. Well, however long it takes me to record the video, which is like five minutes. Yeah. Um, and again, it's only exactly the same thing: short video, the 60 seconds, personalized, relevant, call to action. We had
1: something and similar. And we're trying
5: to get a conversation remember. We're not trying to say, and here's the
1: you know link to buy all the stuff straight from the Yeah, so you don't away. shoot so your load so too soon on your video. We're trying to get a conversation <laughs> up and <laughs> running. <the> it? <laughs> yeah, it's the fluffer. It's a fluffer video, but man. But we, we yeah. had um, <laughs> something similar with uh, when we are doing websites, someone had done like a review of our website and stuff, and we were quite impressed by that, weren't we? So yeah. it did actually stand out, thinking about it now.
3: But has video and voice notes just replaced cold calling then? These are cold. This is cold outreach, right? Yeah. It's just that we're not getting on the phone anymore because people don't use phones or no. don't like to be, it, intrude, it be people ringing them up, but they're more than happy to get a voice note or a video. I think the whole something is dead thing, I mean, that's just the headline on LinkedIn, isn't it? To
5: get yeah. It. People oh, share, no, it isn't. Oh, yes,
1: just hey, just you, just, that's, that's, it is. Just means you shit it, doesn't no? it? So do you yeah. think then there's two... I think there's two <clears> things <throat> happening here. Number one, the person sending the voice note or sending the video, they're protecting themselves from instant rejection. So they're protect, they're removing themselves from that. Because I can send you a voice note, you don't respond. I don't feel like I've been rejected. I'm not sat there going, told no, don't call me again. Like Take my number off your database. So you're kind of removing that part, which I used to get a lot of, by the way, especially at BT. Mm-hmm. Um and then I just put them back in the dialer system so they get a call back two minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuming. Um, you were fuming when you got one of them as well. It's the sick time you've called me today. It's like, it's going to be seven may. <laughs> oh, <laughs> set call back four minutes. Um, and, but then also, you're then letting the um, buyer, they're not feeling under pressure. So if I, you've left me a voice note now for something that I might need, I can kind of think about it. I'm not on the spot. I don't have to respond. So do you think we've all just become a little bit, we don't like being sold to, and we don't like selling to people because we feel that's a bit dirty and sleazy. So it's almost like, this is what I do. You know where I am if you need me. And they're going, all right, I kind of know what you do. When I need you, I'm going to get in touch with you because you've got a good personal brand. So are we kind of agreeing then that sales has changed? It has, hasn't it? Because that never would have happened before.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, maybe.
1: So is the best way to sell a combination of both? It
0: just seems like, I mean, like I say, I, I think it's changed at a granular level, but I think it's still do something to get someone's attention and build a bit of rapport with them. Yeah. Get into the negotiating stage, get some money off them. Just, that's, that's not changed. I just think that the the, the methods we do... do you that need that to do something before
5: negotiate. You don't want to be talking well, to them about what... what
0: is, yeah. Maybe that's what I'm getting <laughs> This
5: is why I don't sell. See? <laughs> no no you probably do, probably just haven't recognized the stage, which hey, is yeah. uh, we get into a conversation. We start to understand yeah. what it is you're trying to achieve, yeah. how it could help with that. I yeah. want to do it like this, Dan. Mm, yeah. Fred, I'm not sure that's a good idea, yeah. mate. You probably want to do it like this. Oh, okay, right, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. No, because it's my job to think like that. Yeah. Okay, cool, okay, well, what would that be worth? So right. that's the conversation with well, me well, the
0: middle. D, D, that's the reason I don't yeah. recognize it, because Dean does that, because I don't like okay. people. I just go, Dean, there's somebody going, so getting, and then yeah. Dean does the rest of it. So.
3: so bring it back to the original question, Is is old school selling dead? It sounds like what we've talked about there is prospecting isn't and we still need to fill our pipelines. We just maybe do that in a slightly different way. Yeah. But old school salespeople, are they relevant now? Like you've you always told me that good salespeople are broken. That was like one of the lines when we started yeah, that's at true. learning here. I would but say that. That seems to be changing now. There isn't the get them on the phone and trick them into buying. Yeah. Do you think that part of sales is dead now? Yeah. Was
0: that was that ever a part of sales though? Or is that just that just probably, some, some shit salespeople? Probably in the 80s. I just think the right. boiler in the nineties, snake right. oil. Yeah. And then 1980s, close, close, close. It's right. good.
3: But
5: I'm not sure anything is dead. I've heard talk about stuff that's evolved. Yeah. So if you look at sales and what's gone on in sales and kind of what's gone on over the last sort of number of decades, there's been always something that's reasonably hot that's sort of quite good to do. Now, a lot of that stuff is still relevant. You know, you look back the 50s, use process. Brilliant. Yeah, we can still use process now. You look back the 60s. Psychology. Yeah, we're going to try to understand how somebody thinks and adapt our behavior to that. 70s, sell benefits. Yeah, absolutely. What well, This is why somebody would want to buy some office. Mm. 80s, closing. Okay, well, if we think about sales as a series of advancements, whether it's SDR to AE or whether you're running the full cycle yourself, that's still relevant. 90s, big deal, big change. That's consultative selling. That's where we spend way more time asking questions of people to help them make sense of stuff. When we go into the noughties, we start talking about value. So, you know, do we all understand? We all, not just I'm going to come and tell you what value is, but do we understand what value can look like? Yeah, then we come to the tens. That's when we start really talking about personal brands. So you're representing that you know, I am the person that can do this. And so to 20s, we come into collaborative selling. So it's, it's not that anything's dead. It's just that it's moving on. We can take the bits which
3: are still worthwhile and useful you know, kick out the stuff that's rubbish. But sure that there are sections that I did. So, like I started, my only real sales job, yeah. it was down the road here in past studio where it was Ultimate Kitchens Furniture. They gave me a, a, pe- a page out of the yellow pages. I was 16. They gave you a, a, a list out of the yellow pages. You just worked your way down speaking to people, cold calling, and then people kicking off like Mike said. Lasted two weeks, you know, it was out of there. That's, nobody does that now, right? That's gone.
0: No, you, you'd be surprised. So we've got two clients. This is, this is the other thing. We've got two clients who, um, who both scaled back their marketing efforts. So they were getting, they were doing marketing. I think one of them wanted to scale back because they, they thought it was too silly and unprofessional. And one of them wanted to scale back because they, um, they didn't think they were getting the number of leads through for this product that they thought they should be getting. Um, and what they both did instead was scale back the marketing and build two call centres, neither of which have worked. So they've literally built these coal farms of, of experienced people, though not 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 just kids off the street, not the shit like like you know little shits like me who, go, who are getting sales jobs on Gumtree. You'd be an SDR nowadays, um, mate.
1: They're like the bottom, bottom of the. They fl- feel to fl- like fluffer. the bottom of the. Uh, you'd fluffer. be a fluffier. But We had, we had that, let you on screen.
0: Um, you had
3: that learning did isn't we, Where you outsourced some of the sales activity. Uh, yeah, 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 and
1: yeah,
0: they were wanky, for money. Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's one of them. I, that I, was my I, I think I think that you know these and these are experienced people. right? one of one of them sold a a, a business that was. Mostly made up of call centers, sold it for a lot of money. I think it's like, close to 140 million. The other one sold uh, a business that's like um, a connectivity business, um, and again in the, in the hundreds of millions. Right, and they both set up very successful businesses based on building these call centers, these massive sales teams that could churn out calls, at, 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 you know, a massive rate. Um, and then they tried to replicate the same now nowadays for their, their new startups where they pump loads of money into them, and they, it, it's not worked in either instance at all and they're back to marketing now again realising that actually that wasn't the way to do it it doesn't work our, our, our method of doing things before does not work the same now yeah so, well, I'd look at like
1: the most well known sales trainers on LinkedIn have all got strong personal brands all the ones I can think of anyway there probably there probably are better sales out there but the only ones I see are the ones with the, that are posting out content and there they was a lot of content and if someone said to me now Mike we need our sales team training um you know what would you do for them i'd say join vamo for 15 pounds a month by clicking the link in the description below always be selling um but then always be selling yeah uh, but i'd I'd probably say if it's telephone prospecting, you want benjamin or you want callum or you know i'd i'd, I'd speak about those people and they've got the strong personal brands so kind of agree with you there. i'm quite interested in what you said though about the consultative selling so you're saying 2020s is the consult is consultative selling like what is that and how does that work so
5: consultative really came came through in the 90s, that's when Neil Rackham did all that research into kind of what salespeople are actually doing. They were trained to close, but actually they weren't doing it. They were asking people more questions to understand their need, which was basically helping them understand implications of stuff
1: of not doing something, like pain or whatever you want to call it. Because that, that then you're making the prospect close themselves, essentially doing it that way. You're right?
5: helping them to understand. So for me, salespeople, it's all about making making sense. Salespeople are sense maker. is quite you know, a current thing. But that consultative stuff back in 90s, you look at the kind of the evolutions and why I say, look, for me, that's why I wrote a book on it, <laughs> collaborative selling is where we're at now, is that we can take all of this stuff that used to work before, but we can position ourselves as somebody who's going to work with somebody to help them try to achieve what they're trying to do. We're going to do it in a way which is sort of far more about co-creating, you know, working together. We're not got this kind of fight going on and trying to manipulate people into stuff they don't want to do. If we can position ourselves to be doing that, and again, the personal brand helps because you can show that's how I operate. That's where we're going in the twenties.
1: And that's a case of asking better questions, you uh, positioning the problem, putting a monetary value against it. How much would it cost you to fix So instead of me selling you and it feel like a sleazy thing where you've extracted my budget from me and give me a shit product, it's almost like, He's identified a problem and we're going to fix this problem in my business together. Is that how it would work?
5: Exactly. And so that's when you're asking the question about qualifying out, disqualifying it's, I can't do that with everyone. Don't want to do it with everyone. It takes two to tango to, to work with this kind of, I talk about partnering mindset. It's as though we're partners. Now partnerships is something that's deliberate. Um, But if we all think as though actually, we are in partners because we're going to be working together here and we approach it like that and use the skills involved with that. That's a way more, productive and far more pleasant conversation. Yeah. So we just need to set it up. Now whether it's for an SDR, whether you're setting it up yourself, we want to get into those conversations where we can really start to do
1: some stuff that's going to make a massive difference. So that and then, that's
5: what good salespeople will do.
1: So that then has removed that people don't like being sold to anymore. Because most people said they don't like being sold to I did a poll on LinkedIn about this. And pretty much everyone's like, I don't want to speak to a salesperson, but if somebody could help me make the right um Selection for my business to solve that problem. I want to speak to people that are knowledgeable, and know what they're yeah. doing. They want to work with. Yeah, yeah. They want to work
5: kind of you know in, in collaboration, as opposed to you're going to rock up, you're going to talk me until you're trying to bore me to death. I'm just going to say yes, or you go away. Yeah. That's just that is all type that stuff's dead. It doesn't work. Some people will still try, it because they reckon it's a good idea, but they'll do more damage than they'll they'll probably do good. Yeah. But the people who get it and can adapt this approach to sort of yeah, I want to work with the right kind of people who want to work with me. Together we can get to this point that they're trying to achieve. But of course, it benefits me because I'm selling the stuff that I sell. That's the more modern sales approach. Yeah. So nothing really. died along the way. <laughs> you know, we might just do less of something, but we can bring in all of the things that are going to aid us in that in that way of working. That's what smart salespeople yeah. do in whichever flavor, whether they're SaaS, whether they're kind of selling trucks, whether they're selling beer,
3: whatever. It's just more modern way of working. What's one bit of sales advice that stuck with you? What's the best piece of sales advice you've ever had? Put you on the spot. Oh,
1: interesting. To, to uh, the group. Question. Yeah. To the group, yeah. One I had
3: very, very early on in the career, make
5: the customer look good. Simple as that. And, and that's not changed. That's not dead. That's what I just described when I was talking before. It's like, that's a way of doing that more effectively. Um. So yeah, I'd, I'd stick with that one. like it. Yeah,
1: I'd say ask for the sale. The number of people that don't ask for the sale when someone's that's literally... That. Wants to spend money with you, and people are still awkward about actually saying, So, are we going ahead with that? Like, yeah. let's do it. Most people don't want to do that. I imagine you'd be quite bad at that.
0: I'm bad at lots of things, mate. What, what, what,
1: what? <laughs>
2: actually, <laughs> like,
1: even <laughs> when someone said that, like, Yes, I'm really interested, but you, you actually asking for the money of someone, i absolutely terrible. Like, honestly, yeah. I was about
0: to say, because my best bit of uh, sales advice I've ever received. Was off myself where I said, stop celebrating before the ink's dry. Yeah, yeah that's well, I think. I, that's the, a... the amount of deals I've gone out and I've gone on, I've gone on three day bender and gone back, and it turns out we haven't got a deal. Yeah. So, oh. I mean, so get the fucking contract signed. That's my yeah. uh, Money in the bank. It's not a sale, the there's money in the bank, is what well, they say. There Dan. you go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've yeah. heard that question
5: asked so many times, but I've never heard anybody quote themselves no. as giving <laughs> themselves <laughs> the best advice.
0: Yeah, after a while, after a while, i doesn't work. It was worth coming and doing this. It's just for that.
1: I would look at it and say, You've kind of outsourced that part of the process to Dino, right? So well, yeah, you're, well you're...
0: it's his business as well. He's not outsourced.
1: No, but what I'm saying is like that you you he does the bit that he's good at, and you don't do the bit that you're good at. Like me I and Ian, kind that. of used to do it that way, but yeah, Ian's, yeah, Ian's yeah. now actually embraced that sales. Yeah, stuff. I
0: very quickly realised that you know no matter how hard I tried, there's a lot I just can't be good at, and I, and I just stick to it. now I just stick to getting good at the stuff that I'm good at. That's what or I'm, I'm better like, at the stuff I'm good at. Right? rather would than trying to solve the. I'm never gonna. I don't. I don't think I'm ever gonna be a good salesperson. I'm too nervous and jittery and anxious to start asking for money, and I'll beat around the bush or whatever else. But but I'd say you've I've, got the like stronger it.
1: personal brand though, way. Eh? So I've never seen Dino do a post on LinkedIn, and I've never seen anybody. Yeah, exactly. Content on so LinkedIn. he doesn't have that's, to, that's what I'm saying. So you've, you're to, kind yeah, of balancing that, isn't it? Yeah. It's quite just, a good yeah. um, split to have. Yeah. So you probably social sell, and Dino um, actually does the. I, the I don't call so. it so
0: again. I just think social selling is a made-up bullshit word. I just think uh, I, I I do marketing. He, he sells the sells the products yeah. interesting Holly
3: you, have you got a bit of advice that stuck, stuck with you no pressure no.
2: Um, listen more than you talk two no, ears. I've, I've fucked up there as well <laughs> <to> <laughs> <two ears>. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: that was
1: interesting where one of my uh, original sales trainers says you've got two ears one mouth use them in those ratio proportions percentages okay. whatever <laughs> we'll edit one of those words out yeah, yeah. so yeah. they're two ears Be- one mouth build on that yeah. so
5: two ears one mouth use them in that proportion yeah. Two eyes, because looking at people, reading the body language, seeing whether what they're saying is consistent with that, with that is big. Hence, jump on video yeah. if you yeah. can. One nose, smell the bullshit. Yeah. One nose, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Two feet. So put yourself in their shoes. That for me is the biggie. If you can put yourself in their shoes so you can start understanding what's important to them, what pains they've got, what things they're trying to achieve, why that's important to them from a business point of view, from a personal point of view. That's probably the biggest of the two to one ratio. Yeah. So yeah, two ears, two eyes, but also
1: two feet in their shoes. Old school selling, is it dead? I don't think it's died, it's just adapted. That's what I would say. Yeah. The best bits of it are still around, but if you're smart, utilize what tools you've got at your fingertips and you will be a far more successful salesperson. Thanks for watching the views my own podcast. If this is your first time here, don't forget to subscribe to the channel and leave your comments below. And also we've got an online community that helps you improve your marketing, get better at sales and make your business a little less shit. Click the link in the description.